Good morning. This is Climactic, and I'm Mark Spencer. As I record this, it's 5 a.m., Saturday morning, the 12th of October. Week one of Extinction Rebellion's International Rebellion is wrapping up. A global event that's taken place in 60 cities around the world. It's seen thousands of people arrested. Hundreds of individual actions take place. Mass disruption of business as usual. A bit of taking advantage by established politicians looking to score easy points against the climate movement through the use of old, tired stereotypes. Yes, I'm looking at you, Peter Dutton. But from my vantage here on Saturday morning, it's hard to give an overview or a wrap-up of such a big week. So instead of that, we'll go small, which is something we can do quite well on Climactic. As we have a couple messages sent in from the community, from two people who attended the Spring Rebellion in Melbourne and Brisbane, respectively. We'll hear their feedback, their thoughts on the week, and then we'll cross to London for a wrap-up of Day 3 and some interviews from the streets from our host, Simon Moore. We hope you've enjoyed this special coverage of the XR International Rebellion this week. It has been very fun to do, and we'd love to keep doing this style of reporting going forward being a platform for the voices of the community. But I understand that sending in an audio message can be daunting and isn't for everyone, and we do want to be more inclusive of a broader range of voices. And that's why you're always welcome to email us with what you think or what you'd like to say. And just let us know if you'd like it read aloud on the show. Our email address is hello at climactic.fm, or you can send a message to Climactic Show on Facebook. Thank you for joining us this week. If you were able to attend the International Rebellion, thank you for that as well. And now for her thoughts and personal reaction. Here's Heidi Edmonds. My name's Heidi Edmonds, and I am a co-founder of Australian Parents for Climate Action, which is a group that aims to amplify the voices of parents and carers to the government and to business, asking them to take the climate action necessary to protect our children's futures. Now, in a personal capacity, I personally support climate campaigns of many climate groups and one of those is Extinction Rebellion Families. I recognise the need for a spectrum of approaches from lobbying, which is one thing that I'm passionate about, to non-violent direct action, all to push for the long overdue climate action that's needed that our government is not providing. I attended a peaceful, non-arrestable march on Wednesday here in Brisbane, organised by Extinction Rebellion families. Parents with prams and kids walked from Queen's Gardens, which was the Extinction Rebellion base camp, to 1 William Street, where the Premier was giving a press conference about fast-tracking of new laws, giving police greater power to prevent civil disobedience. Existing protest laws are sufficient, in my opinion, and Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk should not be restricting peaceful, non-violent protest further. Personally, I'm thankful for protesters working so hard, risking their liberty to wake up the world to the climate crisis, and so I say thank you to Extinction Rebellion for what they are doing. I am scared about my children's future, the food and water that they will have access to in coming decades. I'm really angry that we have the solutions like renewable energy, but our government, no government in the world, is rolling them out fast enough. So thank you to Extinction Rebellion. 
After some chants outside where the Premier's press conference was being heard, the families in Extinction Rebellion in the march walked past Parliament House and then down to the Botanical Gardens and the families and their children had a picnic and the children played at the playground and it was actually really a a great chance to connect with other people who are passionate about climate. Some of them certainly much braver than me, some people actually considering taking arrestable action, but I was able to walk alongside them as a supporter. I'm Catherine Copsey and I'm a Greens councillor in Port Phillip. I'm so excited to see the strength of the movement that's coming to the fore with Extinction Rebellion and the youth climate strikers. Just the environment and climate movement in general at the moment are so full of energy, defiance and hope. It just fills me with joy to see it. I'm involved in politics because I care deeply about us securing a safer climate future for people who are going to come after us and minimising the impacts that are already being felt. I know that we can make progress on this. In the last year alone, our council has declared a climate emergency. We've seen council operations move to 100% renewable energy. And we're now working on reducing energy use in the community through easy things like energy efficiency audits for apartments. And we're also helping to boost uptake of renewables in our community. So I know that the barriers to action on this, they're not technological, they're political. What is missing is political will. And so I'm so pleased to see people standing up and demanding that our governments do what they're elected to do. That's take care of our community. The federal government and the Victorian state government, they need to get with the program. We are out of time for prevarication, for compromise, as they love to call it. You can't compromise with science. The action that we need to take is clear. The time is now. There's no more stuffing around. And I'm so pleased to see that the community are out and demanding that action from their elected leaders. We deserve governments that are going to serve the interest of the community and not the interests of their fossil fuel donors and lobbyists. That is not what they're elected to do. And I fully support Extinction Rebellion, school strike movements, everyone who's getting out and exercising their democratic right to demand better of their elected representatives. In fact, I've been out on the streets with them and I'm so pleased to see the new generation of young people that are joining these movements now, as well as the people who've been out demanding that we listen to science. It's it's just great to see the groundswell that's building and I know that social movements in the past, uh, including nonviolent direct action, have won us some of the great rights that we treasure as Australians today. So I'm really pleased to see it and I am sure that the movement, if it persists, is going to get those elected officials to see the political reality that they're in and we are going to achieve our aims. The time is now. So it's 10pm on Wednesday the 9th of October the third day of the rebellion here in London. We're just walking back to my brother's flat 
we're some of the lucky ones here that have a roof to go to over our heads. Unlike us, a lot of rebels are still out there on the streets. We've just come from Trafalgar Square, where there's been DJs playing, and there's still probably over a thousand people rebelling, protesting, blocking traffic, and hoping to spend the night, a third night out on the streets. Spirits are still really high. Um, we've seen some amazing parades today through the animal rebellion. We've had people on kangaroos, very appropriate for the Aussie listeners. Um, basically people with the, those kind of blades that let you jump around, dressed quite impressively as four kangaroos. There's been some giant birds and phoenixes. There's a huge pink octopus, which was getting chaperoned down a road by 20 police officers, which is a brilliant sight earlier today. Tomorrow, there's quite a lot of people gathering and going to uh, London City Airport to try and bring that to a bit of a standstill and a halt. That's an airport that's used frequently by businessmen and women. It's the kind of place where we know we can have less of an impact on the everyday holiday-goer that, that maybe flies once a year at most and actually impact those that are really, really frequent flyers. So overall, it's still going pretty strong. We started with something like 11 or 12 sites. I think we're probably down to five or six now. There's been something like six or 700 arrests already over three days and arrest is one of the things that Extinction Rebellion are keen on it's something that we use as a tool to show how serious people are and how much they are willing to sacrifice to raise the climate, the environment up the political agenda so we've had a really good three days we're going to rest again now the rebellion for us in October is coming to an end. We're going back up north to Leeds and to, to work later in the week. But for thousands, it will continue, hopefully over the next uh, week or more. So big love to everyone still out there and to everyone around the world that, that is continuing to take part in these protests. Thanks for listening and see you later. In terms of the police's approach in, to, to stopping the protests in, in October in London, been quite different to what they were doing in April. In April they were arresting people but it was quite slow and they were fairly focused on, on people. In October over the last three days we've seen way more focus 
um, potentially partly because of the weather with it being a bit wetter and colder way more focus on tents gazebos and kitchens and infrastructure so it's been a bit of a battle T today we were in a sort of line about to, to get some food from a kitchen on one of the sites outside Westminster Abbey and all of a sudden there was 10 police officers coming for the kitchen and taking any items they could get their hands on, grabbing the sides of the gazebo. So what went from an orderly queue for lunch suddenly became a mad scramble to grab anything that you could before the police did. Myself and other people that I was there with got shoved and manhandled at that point, which was the first time that we've really felt the sort of physical presence of the police. Extinction Rebellion have a great strategy in, in those situations, which is we sing and we chant things like, we're non-violent, how about you, to the police, who are perhaps being slightly over-aggressive. And we, you know, we make them think about their approach and about their tactics. And we also give each other a reminder, whilst the adrenaline is flowing, that we're non-violent. We do not touch, we do not shout at anyone. And sometimes I kind of show that, that their actions are, are disproportionate. But, you know, if, if if we're sat there singing, then I don't think that it puts them off from from trying to aggressively remove us. So that's some of the police tactics. Again, since the first morning on Monday when we took to the streets, police have been grabbing our stuff, including huge backpacks, tents, sleeping bags, and essentially confiscating it taking it off of the road, putting it in big piles. Today we saw a pile that probably had 50 tents in it, completely surrounded by police. Th these piles of stuff tend to be kind of supervised, perhaps for an hour or two, and next time you go and look, they have disappeared. I have had friends that have found bags somehow that that went missing but there's certainly a strategy they've used that if we they get rid of our tents uh, our living infrastructure our kitchens that's gonna slow us down which i think it does but we're we're managing to hold on and continuing to rebel sing dance have art performances and continue to stay inspired in Trafalgar Square from the very start Monday morning we've had a, a hearse parked up on the street completely in the, the, the wrong wrong direction just pushed against the side um, and we, there's been people in it there's been people in there for more than 24 hours and people locked onto the wheels and underneath. 
inside there is a, a coffin that says our future on it. And it's it's obviously symbolic. And earlier on today, I went to talk to the lone girl that was sat in there. She was just sort of finishing her dinner, I think. Small crack in the window allowed me to say hello, have a chat to her. Here's what she had to say. A lot of noise going on. Okay, so I'm stood here in Trafalgar Square and I am just outside um, the car door to the hearse that is currently parked, uh, blocking the road. Uh, and I'm just going to have a little chat with uh, the, I wouldn't, you know, probably not the driver, but the person sat in the vehicle, surrounded by police, smiling, just had a bit of food. Um, who are you and uh, what are you doing here? Um, I'm not sure whether I should say my name just <laughs> well, yet. Um, I am a climate activist, I suppose. I live in northwest London at the moment, but I'm from the southwest of England, Cornwall. Um, I'm training to be a dancer cool. in central London. Um, I'm currently occupying, yeah, this house in the name of climate justice. Brilliant. And how long have you been in here? Not very long at all. Three hours, two hours. Like I took over from a guy who was, I think, in here for 25 hours, which is pretty impressive. So I've got that to beat. Um, I think I'm the first girl in here, so toilet scenario is going to be a different gonna be interesting. thing to figure out, but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Cool. Yeah. Um, and what, what's the hearse representing? Well, there's a, there's a coffin in the back which uh, is painted black and on, in white paint it says, Our Future. So, yeah, that kind of speaks for itself, maybe. The flowers still smell pretty nice, which is kind of nice. Yeah, obviously it's sad that we're having to do this, but I feel like mm, may as well for the moment let go of that because we are doing it, we have to do it, so we may as well enjoy it. Yeah. Maybe. And um, you, you, you may have slightly... You, you, I'm sure you can hear some of what's going on out here. We've just had Disclosure playing over. Was that actual Disclosure? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realise until the end they were no like, way. cheers, guys, we've been Disclosure. <laughs> no, I was having a group. I just thought they were playing Disclosure yeah. tracks. That's mad. <laughs> there was Disraeli here earlier and some guys from Massive Attack, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's mad. It's so sick. I think we it's... had Orbital earlier the last couple of days. Mad. That's, that's so crazy. <laughs> Yeah, there's cool. there's a lot of big support here. Yeah, um, wicked. That's what we were talking about yesterday. We were saying, where's the music? Where's the names? Like the London artists or the, just the, any artists? Yes, yeah. that's that's sick. That's we we were quite lucky at the northern site. We had Katie Tunstall. Oh no! Um, sort of open up for us Monday at sort of six ish. Awesome. Um, yeah, she's really. But yeah, how, how many police would you say you're surrounded by at the moment? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Well, I think I can see from here. Yeah. <laughs> and just, just before before we leave you, how, how are you feeling? Are you are you coping well? Are you nervous? I'm, are you like, exhilarated? Content. Yeah, exhilarated. Like happy. Uh, it's just, everyone's so kind. Everyone comes past and is like, "You all right? Do you need anything?" The police are pretty chatty. They seem pretty confused as to why they're here. To be honest. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm yeah, great. Right. Thank you. Well, thanks for everything you're doing. No worries. And thank, thanks for chatting to me. <laughs> Anytime. Nice Good luck. You. Thank you. See you later.
The Climactic Collective. Collective.